It's a new fucking era. It is the Nuts video. Welcome to the Nuts, episode 36, starring Pet Shop Betty and Shoop Dog, and we're coming to you live via video. Finally giving the people what they want. They want to see these handsome faces be- behind those sexy velvet voices. I want to baby, baby. Shootbird Steelers in the house. It's kind of weird. What's weird? Like, I I think it's easier to talk without seeing yourself. Like, now that I see... I don't know. Now I got to learn how to talk to you again. Uh, We're also welcoming the third member of our broadcast team. He's behind the scenes. He even has his camera off because he's a shy bastard. There he is, Stat Boy in the house. Glad to be back, glad to be back. My camera's just off because I have nowhere good to put it. All right, sounds good, uh, Stat Boy. We'll check back in with you as soon as we can. So welcome to episode 36 of the pod. It's the show, it's the nuts, it's Pet Shop Eddie, it's Shoop Dog. And it's a whole new era, like we said, uh, once again, we are moving to video now. So here's, I wanted to kind of go over a little bit of where we hope to be uh, for you guys to listen to the show or now watch the show. So obviously we're still going to be on Spotify, Amazon Music. We're now on Apple. So if you find your, if you get your app, my sister loves to listen to podcasts on Apple. So now we're all on Apple now. Um, and then also uh, we have a uh, the nuts official podcast YouTube channel, and I think a f- <clears throat> excuse me, a few of our first episodes were put on there as a screenshot kind of recording, and um, we're gonna we're gonna now upload this video to the YouTube every week. So look for that. Now here's the thing, guys. Look at us. We're a bunch of bozos. We don't know what we're doing but we're having fun and you need once again with this new era, you need to be patient with us. We, we don't know how long it's going to be after we record to when it goes live. Uh, we don't know if it's actually going to look okay or not. This is all part of the learning curve. And we talked about since episode one, we're, we're, we're floating along the bottom of the ocean feeling our way around and seeing what we can find, right? And we love talking about sports and bringing that to you every week. And we'll just wait and see how the video goes. I love looking at Choop's handsome face. It, it's a bonus for me. Uh, yeah. So hopefully you can deal with my fat mug. Um, well, but- those, those baby blues are dangerous. I can't look too long. <laughs> uh, so – Find us wherever you can, wherever you listen to pods or now watch pods. And we just appreciate you guys uh, dealing with our silliness every week. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you listening and tell a friend to tell a friend. So quickly, Shoop Dog, before we hit our uh, episode, whole cards here, we're still in, we're still shuffling the deck here. Who's our sponsor, Shoop? You know anybody? We have a lovely sponsor by the name of Hangry Kits. And if my voice sounds sexy smooth, that's because Hangry Kits have provided these mics. And let me tell you, Hangry Kits, 
There is no occasion they cannot accommodate. They're a type of company that can put together a nice snack pack for an individual, a party, a group, a graduation. The list goes on. And on. So thank you, Hangry Kids. Go to hangrykids.com today and check out what you can buy to support the company that supports your favorite podcast, The Nuts. So here we are, dude, 36. Can you believe it's 36? We're getting Unbelievable. O- we're getting awfully close to 43, and I have a plan. I was going to send you a text that I just want you to forward. You don't, you know, just say, this is from Pet Shop Betty. I don't <laughs> want on. you to I... edit it at all. Go ahead. I spoke to the man yesterday, and he said he'd consider 43 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we will take it. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, hold him to now, it. Now, what were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? Well, no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna have you send him a text, and 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 I have a very persuasive way about me, so I was pretty sure I could get him on for five minutes. But shoot, I'm telling you, I will take 43 seconds. Let's do it. My, I think if we got Troy P on for 43 seconds, he might just feel like hanging out for a while. Wow. I was thinking, like, what's the best segment to have him on, whether it should be, like, uh, you know, Steelers history or T-Dish Steelers or or maybe worse bets or just have him on, bust his balls about me beating his ass in cornhole and then letting him go. You know what? I'd al- I've always wanted to know, like, what he enjoyed most about playing for the Steelers. Obviously, I went to his induction and – if you haven't seen his uh, or heard his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's very motivating. But I just – I never really heard, like, what he liked about it. Troy, uh, he's an interesting dude. I mean, that's the first thing – that's the first question you can ask him. Um, I, I certainly have stuff. I'm not going to expose what I have right now, but I have some things to talk to him about or ask him about. But honestly, I don't want him to think that he's got to hang out for 20, 30 minutes. So we'll see. I'll send you that text and you can forward it and we'll see what happens. All right. Sounds good. All right. So let's get our whole card started here. It's 36 in sports. Did you do any research this week? Uh, No, but 36 for the Steelers, Jerome Bettis. You know the bus has got to be on that list. Hall of Famer, the bus, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Jerome Bettis. Um, they they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. What? Oh, my gosh. 2005, maybe? Yeah, 2005 season. It was 2006, early 2006, yeah. And that was Jerome Bettis last year. It was like win one for the bus and all that. And uh, I'll never forget. Which is his hometown. That's right. It was in Detroit. Not, not the Pontiac Silverdome, Ford Field. Yeah. But – it was, uh, I want to say, the divisional game. They're in Indianapolis. The bus fumbles the rock on the goal line. This guy for the uh, Colts, I can't remember his name, he picks up the fumble and somehow, like, Roethlisberger trips him at the 50 and the, the Steelers hung on to win the game. Game-winning score or at least a game-switching score or something? I think I vaguely remember that. He like shoes well, straight tackle him. Yeah, it was like yeah. he was backpedaling and just kind of fell one way just as the guy was cutting that same direction. And uh, I want to say something else. Like the guy, I can't remember the guy who had the scoop 
and almost score, but like he had got shot in the leg by his wife the week before and was running a little slow or something like that. <laughs> I'm serious. Seahawks fans and who are some of my listeners for no, sure. They, they definitely a... remember that Super Bowl, and they remember it mostly yes. for alleging that the refs stole that Super Bowl. So we could talk a little bit about that. I definitely remember the uh, Daryl Jackson, I think it was a wide receiver for the Seahawks, who had a touchdown call back due to offensive pass interference. And I remember arguing that it was a penalty. To me, he pushed the guy enough that the Steeler defensive back had to jump back and plan his feet to prevent from going further. And that created just enough space for D-Jack to catch the ball. And they were bitching about that. They were also bitching about a holding penalty on, I think, Hasselbeck. Uh, you know, we'll have to go back and revisit this. But I remember thinking, like, those calls may have been mistakes, but Pittsburgh won that game. They had a Antoine Randall 82-yard bomb or something. And was it Willie? Was Willie it? Parker. Willie Parker had a big run, Fast I think. Parker. Yeah. So it's like, that's when I was really, I was new to Seattle and they, everybody was bitching about the referees and it was almost like, have you guys ever watched a football game or a Super Bowl before? Because there are bad calls damn near every game. You're just going to have to live with it. We're all human. The refs are human. You get calls that go against your team and you get calls that go for your team damn near every week. And I know it's a big game, and they should have it right. I get it. And I know even Howard Eskin, a Philadelphia legendary radio broadcaster, he swears that the Steelers paid off the rest. Like, so it's not just the Seahawks fans bitching. They're, yeah, it, it's a thing. It's for sure. But I, I shudder at that. I, I don't like that. I, I never like blaming the rest. I just think that's part of the game. It's like balls and strikes on, on baseball. And I, just, I think everybody, including Seahawks fans, bitching about 2005, and Howard Eskin, who's a Philly guy, everybody bitching about the refs and just shut the F up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I Watch the game again and take away those calls or maybe give the ones to Pittsburgh, give ones to Seattle, and still see what the score is going to be. I think Pittsburgh wins either way. Yeah. Well, they did, obviously, and they still would have. Uh, anyways, Jerome Bettis, legend running back. That's my first 36. What do you got, Pet Shop? Well, Phillies, of course. Well, a couple of Philadelphia sporting legends. Robin Roberts for the Phillies, who's probably, I mean, if we think about it here, best pitcher the Phillies have ever had. I think everybody gives the nod to lefty Steve Carlton. And then Roy Halladay didn't quite have the longevity in Philadelphia to make him, um, although he was legendary, two no-hitters, one in the postseason, one in the regular season, which was a perfect game. Um, you know, Cole Hamels, but Robin Roberts is right in that in that list, and he was um, so many. He never won the MVP, but he was close a few years. His stats are insane. Um, so I don't Robert, even know who Robin Roberts is. When oh, did he play? Uh, 60s and 60s and 70s, maybe maybe even 50s, 60s and 70s. Uh, lots of lots of starts, lots of wins, lots of strikeouts, lots of complete games. Number 36, retired. No other Philly will ever wear 36. Look him up. Excuse me. Maybe Stat Boy can give us 
uh, a couple highlights of his of his stats off of uh, BaseballReference.com. But Robin Roberts, legendary Philadelphia Philly pitcher. I never saw him pitch, of course, but heard about him, researched him. Legendary Philly. So that's my only Philadelphia Philly. Do you have another non-Philly sports or non-Seattle sports? Uh, yeah, how about number 36, Lawyer Malloy. Safety for both the, lawyer the Malloy to the pots. What? Lawyer Malloy to the podcast? Yeah, Lawyer Malloy. Hell, four-time pro bowler, one-time all-pro, Super Bowl champion, 25 career picks, 21 sacks. That's a pretty good resume. And, and if you don't like him, how about number 36, Leroy Butler? You, you, you didn't fight me long enough. You, you, you just agreed that Loyal Merloy didn't deserve any more, any more discussion on the pod. Now, other than those headlines, I don't have much to say about him. It's funny. Go ahead. Leroy, Leroy Butler and Lawyer Malloy, they have very similar careers, actually, as far as accolades. Super Bowl champions. Uh, looks like Butler was a four-time All-Pro guy, but real similar in numbers. Don't think either one of them bear recognition on the on the show, brother. All right, then uh, I'll uh, I'll move on. How about Philadelphia Eagle Brian Westbrook? Now we have not retired his number, but I'm thinking it's an order. He's a legendary running back, punt returner, kick returner, um, four-time NFC champion. Never got all the way. Only went once. Lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. But he's certainly worthy of the podcast, though. Just because he's an eagle. If he wasn't, he wouldn't. Happy <laughs> West. Hit us up. And maybe we'll have to ask TP about that. So now, now, okay. So this is our first time doing the podcast. Did, did Stat Boy leave leave the studio? Oh, now he's back. What'd you do, Stat Boy? Sorry, I uh, my phone just like tweaked out. It said failure, my failure to your microphone and camera. Please restart the app. So I'm back. We're good. Pretty good. If 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 that's you know the consequence for dropping out like that, then this is a much better platform to record than Podbean. Because if you fell out of Podbean and then tried to get back, my phone would just melt in my hand and the fucking app would crash and we would lose the audio and it would suck. Are you readjusting, Shoot Dog? What's happening here? Yeah, I'm not getting comfortable here. Sorry. Get Prop a pillow up under your head. That's how I usually, when you can't see me, I'm kicked back under a blanket, you know, just talking shit with you guys. Go 36s? No. I looked in baseball. There's not much out there worth talking about. Remember, because I don't have many Flyers or Sixers either. So that's going to wrap up our segment on 36 in sports, but it moves us right into, as every week, into T Dish. All right, now I got a little bit of echo, Shoop. Is it maybe because I'm close to your mic? Maybe. Myself. 
echo, and I'm not sure how that would come across on the recording. So let's start on T-Dish. If you're new here, if you're just watching the video for the first time, T-Dish stands for this day in sports history, where we take a look back at some of the stuff that happened on this day in sports. 1942 shoot, the New York football giants beat the Washington Foreskins 14 to 7, despite not scoring or not gaining a first down. Wow, that sounds like a boring ass game to watch. They scored two touchdowns. Or it's fourteen to seven. They win, but they don't gain a first down. Now I think today today's standards a touchdown counts as a first down. But if it's both defensive scores, maybe a or special teams, or uh, yeah, or a kick return or punt return. But that made me um, reminisce about the two thousand Baltimore Ravens and one of my favorite stats about that team. And I think I've even mentioned it on this podcast before, but the 2000 Baltimore Ravens with Ray Lewis, Bill, uh, Bill, not Bill, um, what's the coach's name? Let's be, it's, um, Brian Billick. Brian Billick, thank you. Um, they went on to win the Super Bowl. They beat the New York Football Giants that year in two, two, early 2001. The Ravens. Went five consecutive games that season without scoring a touchdown. Now, to be fair, they were two. There was two wins and three losses. They finished the season twelve and four. They were they had two wins and three losses in a five-week span where they did not score a touchdown. One of the games was 15 to 12. It was a win because five field goals. The next game was nine, six win. And then the next three games they lost, but they only scored two field goals. Can you imagine how an NFL fan base market city would go lose their mind if a team didn't score a touchdown in five consecutive over a month, essentially six weeks, right? They didn't score a touchdown shoot, and yet not only were they fine, they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. How can that be? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I was that like Elvis Gerbach, Tony Banks, and finally Trent Dilfer, is who, who kind of was their guy? They sound really good, Shoop, and I haven't verified that. Maybe Statboy can do that, but that sound, I know it was Dilfer in the Super Bowl. And really, yeah. the answer to my silly question, which was sort of halfway rhetorical, is they had an all-world defense. I mean, they set records that year for uh, fewest points allowed. I think they gave up 10.3 points a game for the entire 16-game season. So, and, you know, unbelievable, unbelievably staunch against the run. Uh, and then, of course, you had um, Ray Lewis in that middle backfield just – wreaking havoc on everybody so there's a team that truly won a championship with their defense and had piss poor at best offense and I just thought that was interesting and it came into my memory when I saw that the Giants T-Dish 1942 beat the Redskins without gaining a first down which was also something crazy do you have a T-Dish how about this one 2009 Philadelphia Eagles quarterback 
Kevin Cobb becomes the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for more than 300 yards in each of his first two career starts. Uh, looks like he threw for 327 in his second start over the Chiefs. Kevin Cobb was a high hope for you guys. Hey, Cobb. Yep. And it was Andy Reid's um, quarterback project after Donovan McNabb. And we were all hot. In fact, I have a jersey upstairs uh, of Kevin Cobb. Hardly ever wear it. But, yeah, we were hot on Kevin Cobb. And actually, he took a hit in game seven or eight of his career. And it concussed him. And he took he had a, a, a week or two off. But when he came back, shoot, wasn't the same dude. That hit really, really affected his brain. He never, I don't, he ever got back to because you clearly by your statistic, which I did not see that that was T dish today. So good, good find, good pull. But he clearly had talent, and 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 Andy Reid is a kind of a quarterback guru, as you see. He's continued it uh, through the years with Alex Smith, and now maybe the best of all time, Patrick Mahomes. Arguably, of course, he's got a long way to go. But he he's a QB guru, and he totally believed and bought all in on Kevin Cobb. And he produced for a little while, and then he took that big hit, and it was never the same. Did he go to, was it Arkansas? Oh, brother. Statboy can look that up. Statboy, I've thrown a few <laughs> things at you. I haven't heard anything back. Are you still with us? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm here. I just haven't found a spot to kick in. Uh, I'm looking up to Kevin Cobbs. Um, oh, now I'm all messed wish, up. Wish what I was could, the question? Wish I could see that handsome devil, the staff boy. He's going to be a heartthrob. What are you talking about? When all the ladies see the staff boy, we're, I mean, the chat room's going to blow up, head shop. Feeling a little embarrassed. It's a good thing my camera's off. See me blush. Hear me ask two or three other things for this episode so far, or were you playing chess? No, I was there. I just <laughs> you guys move pretty quick. It's hard to keep track. This is this is this is the big leagues, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, job, still that boy. Appreciate it. All right, so uh, you got another tea dish? That was a great one. You that you pulled out, shoot dog. Well, well done. No, I'll just leave it at that. Another one. I got 2,000. Oh, where did it go? Nope, sorry. Way back to 1964. But I've heard many stories of my uncles and my dad experiencing the 1964 collapse of the Philadelphia Phillies. Shoop. At the very beginning of September, they had a seven and a half game lead on then second place Cincinnati Reds. And even halfway through September, I want to say the 15th or 16th, they still had like a six and a half game lead. But then they started a collapse of seven straight to end the season. And they dropped into second place. So they were leading the NL East. It was all, back then it was only, or actually it might even have been NL and AL. That's it. Two divisions. And those, yeah. you know, yep, the two pennant winners went to the World Series. And they almost did a wire-to-wire thing. They were the best team in the league all year until the final month of September. And I think that this day, the 27th, fell on a Sunday because the season ended on that Sunday. 
And I think a lot of Phillies fans refer to it as Black Sunday because all they needed was one win in those last 10 or seven or eight games, whatever it was. And they lost seven in a row and lost the pennant and were out. And back then, you don't win the pennant. You don't got postseason baseball going on. Yeah, they just took the winners. It was the World Series, right? The winner of the AL played the NL? That's it. AL and NL. I don't know. That's why the Yankees have so many damn rings. Well, moving on to our, my last tea dish. I have 1988. And we've talked about this before, too, because I think we did tea dish on when this event first happened. And, this, and that is Ben Johnson wins the gold medal of the 100-meter dash. That wasn't today, but today he got stripped of that gold medal because they proved he was on PEDs. And I remember, like, it was yesterday. I was 11 years old, and I was into the Olympics and sports. And, of course, as an American, I was rooting for Carl Lewis. And Carl Lewis uh, lost to Ben Johnson. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe Carl Lewis lost. But Ben Johnson. So what do they do it? In that situation, does the silver become the gold, or there's just no gold that year? It's up, and Carl Lewis gets recognized as the gold winner. Silver, the bronze medalist moves into the silver, and fourth place gets into into the bronze. You know, I've always joked about the Olympics. Is is there anything worse in sports than coming in fourth place in the Olympics? Here's something that you do: you are the fourth best in the world at it and nobody knows your name you're never in a record book you're 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 an also ran it's like you don't you didn't even compete in it fourth best in the world and nobody knows your name that's got to be sad well yeah and especially in those type of events like sprinting where the difference between first and fourth is like half a second. <laughs> right. Nine hundredths of a second. And, yeah, and you don't even get remembered. Anyway, so T-Dish, 1988, Ben Johnson stripped of his gold medal. And then 2008, and my eyes jumped before, and I was down in 2008. But surely you saw or heard this. It was kind of all on all the sports shows today. Greg Maddox, his final win of his season, of his career – 2008, I think it was 315th win, I want to say. Stat boy, maybe you can look that up for us. Uh, Who did he get that with? The Dodgers? Yes, he was back with his second stint with the Dodgers. And we've talked many times about Greg Maddox on this podcast and how amazing he was for with his longevity, but also his less than overpowering stuff, but just the ability to paint the strike zone and place balls just perfectly and get hitters off balance and just, I mean, literally just pitch beautifully. What do you got to that boy? Yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah. No, go ahead, Ned. Hit me. No, 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 no. go ahead. Cause I'm still, I'm still. Well, I was just going to say, it is kind of funny to me how we've accidentally mentioned the same athlete numerous times over the last nine months. And it's like, I think our like first team nuts is like Greg Maddox, Tony Gwynn, Randall Cunningham, Ricky Henderson. And uh, I don't know, there's probably someone, maybe, maybe Steph Curry, but there's a handful of guys that just continue to come through on either T dish number or just random facts. And 
it, you know, it's probably because when I see it, I kind of focus in on, cause you're right for sure. For me, Maddox, Henderson and Gwynn. Baseball, so that's funny, but maybe we should put together a little team one day of the nuts all-stars. Uh, but in terms of, in terms of football, I think I really only love Barry Sanders as a non-eagle. And that can be hard to trace sometimes. I'm not coming up with anything. Hey, no problem. <laughs> we still love you. <laughs> I wonder sometimes what you type in on the search. Uh, like, probably make it too complicated because I try to get like in depth and try to get more stats than just this. I should probably just stick with just normal stuff. Normal Greg Maddox's last uh, win. <laughs> Hold on. Right, hold I on, it's coming. Hey, Stat Boy. Yeah. He's stealing your job, Stat Boy. That's fine. I'm attached to you somewhat. People text me all the time. I don't know if anyone knows this, just a guarantee. 100% he's getting back on the field quicker. Nothing. <laughs> I tried to be cute with Stat Boy's uh, intro to pump him up on uh, finding stats, and somehow it's bringing in the Mac. Go, go ahead. Again. Try to steal my job. I'm, I, I literally am. This is... I can't find it. Proving, 42 proving seconds. Being stupid. Together with the people that I trust. Them. Fifth. Got it. 355. Right, I sold him short at 315, but it was his 355th win in his final start of his career in a 2-1 decision over the Giants in San Francisco playing for the Dodgers. And with that win, he passed Roger Clemens and moved into eighth place on the Major League Baseball's all-time career winning pitchers list. Just a quick that boy. You'll get there, my friend. You'll get there. I still love you. Um, I think that's all I got for T-Dish and sports. So really that's kind of the uh, weekly highlight that we do starting off each episode. We call it whole cards. And really what we do now is move into our flop. And for the foreseeable future, in the fall, it's football season. So we got the flop is going to be football recap. And we always like to start it off in college sports. Shoot, I'm pretty sure you said – the magic was going to run out for Coach Prime. Did you yeah. watch any of that? I did, and it wasn't pretty, but that's all right. I, that doesn't deter me. I mean, it's two things. Oregon, one, is very good, and, uh, and, and two, Colorado is still rebuilding. I mean, they reeled off three in a row and got the spotlight. I think they're still going to be fine. Um, I did hear something happen about a running back that missed something and Dion suspending him or something like that, but – I still believe in Dion, but I believe more in the Ducks. For me, what it does is it diminishes the type of team that TCU is. It diminishes, unfortunately, the, the kind of team that Nebraska is. And Philly, Philly boy Matt, Matty Rule looking like he's, you know, coming up short again at Nebraska. And, you know, of course – the Colorado Colorado State game in which the Buffs struggled and went to double overtime with, you know, that that maybe seems like it's more indicative of the kind of team that Colorado is. 
a good football team, a great story, um, but, you know, not ready for prime time, let's be honest. No. No, and Oregon Go probably ahead. could have made that worse on them. Five zero and a half. Final score forty two to seven, I believe. Uh, definitely some vitriol of the of the Oregon Duck coach, who had a nice. Uh, he he let the cameras into his pregame talk. Did you see that? Yeah, and I didn't really love that. I don't know why Dan Lanning's talking shit and starting with starting stuff with Dion. Like, there's no feud or beef between Oregon and Colorado. Specifically beefing with prime or was he sort of you know the 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 nationwide narrative is you know oregon felt disrespected we're we're going into that weekend and all everybody can talk about sporting shows good morning america is prime time and colorado buffalo and as a as a football team you know there's always two teams on either side of the ball don't they feel a little disrespected? And and I and I didn't find it disrespectful. I don't I don't think he called anybody out specifically or anything like that. But I think he said all the right things to push the buttons of those kids. They're playing for clicks. We're playing for wins. Was one of his things. I'm yeah. not necessarily sure that's true, but the point remains there, right? It, it gets his boys going. Yeah, man. Everybody gives a shit about the buffs. Nobody's talking about us. We're seventh ranked in the nation. Like, let's go. I didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. I just didn't really. Well, anyways, Dion's response was great. He said, you better get me now, and I keep receipts. I love that. And it's like. He is awesome. I I love him, too. I hope Colorado's program does grow. I mean, just, it's, it's fun. He's. Deion Sanders has made college football more fun in the first three weeks than I can remember in a long time, if ever. I'll jump in here and I'll I'll add to that. I have definitely not been a college football fan. Like I never watch college football uh, games, but I love watching Coach Prime and his team. I mean, that's like just an up and coming team. I love it. Please, that says know, it all. That says right. it all right there. Yep, hundred percent. That says it all. Having college, not a whole lot of uh, craziness. I think there was a couple of tight games between top ten teams. Uh, Alabama kind of got right again and rolled. Uh, was it Mizzou? I forget who Ole they Miss. played. Ole Miss, Ole Miss right, right. who I had, yeah, who I had winning that game. <laughs> get there. We'll get there later in the, later in the episode when we get to our worst bet segment. Um, so you know, Prime sort of, and then of course the Buffs have another tough one this weekend. They have to. They're at home. They're back at home in Colorado, but they play USC, who seems like they're firing on all cylinders in this. Strange year of the Pac-12 where only two teams are going to be there next year. Who knows what they're going to call themselves next year? Who knows where those two teams are going to go? And, you know, you got all these good – you got all these teams in the Pac-12 playing really good football in their last year as a conference. The Huskies still have my attention. And Penix is just – I mean, you might as well pencil Penix in for 350 yards and four TDs every game. That's just what he does. I can't agree more with you. I have been blown away, impressed by watching this kid play. But I'm here to argue he still he's going to win the Heisman because most of these goddamn games come on. They're too late for me, and I'm on the same coast. 
Nobody sees these games on the East Coast. Now, if the Huskies play at 10 in the morning or 12 in the you know, great. But a lot of their games are at 7, and some of their games are at 8 p.m. West Coast time. You think yeah. voters are sitting up on the East Coast watching that game? Like, uh, whatever. So I, I, I'm, I'm advocating that he should win in Heisman because I watched him. I got eyeballs. He's flicking that thing down the field. He's dropping it right into these receivers' buckets. I'm very, very impressed. Now, I did hear a little bit of a criticism, Shoop, and I'd like your take on this. People are criticizing Penix because is he another sixth year? Is he, is he a COVID sixth year starter? He had a red shirt, he's four eligible, and a, and a COVID year. So people are like, this dude's not a college football player anymore. He's a grown man. He's out there amongst boys. And he's a grown man. You got any validity to that? I mean, certainly that's an advantage, right? He he started two or three years in Indiana. He's been at Washington now for a few years. He's full grown, if you want to say he. Um, yeah, and that's the guy though. He's in the rules, right? Exactly. Yeah. If it's not a violation, shut up. It's certainly an advantage. I mean. Well, whether the quarterback for Florida State many years ago, Chris Winkie, there was something like he went and played pro baseball and then came back to college, and he was 26 or 27 years old as a senior. For a second. What's that? Did you forget you were talking? No. <laughs> what? What happened? in the middle of a point and then your phone fell and then you just stopped talking yeah i dropped the phone i dropped the phone i don't have a fancy phone deal like you <laughs> so no, i'm just saying no it's i mean why is that a knock why is that a knock it's within the rules and certainly it's an advantage um he's gonna be a high draft pick he's my heisman hopeful if he doesn't win it he's still gonna be a very high draft pick um, arguing maybe for him too. I, I, I think you know. Again, are, is there any rule that kid went winning back to back Heisman's? They're allowed, right? Sure. I think there's a guy for the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes that did it, Archie Griffin or something like that. Okay. And then, um, this year, who? Back. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams was the Heisman last year, USC's quarterback. I'm thinking that he's. Are you having trouble hearing me, Shoot? It's almost like the first couple words that come out of your mouth, it, it, it's it's not audible, and then I hear you mid sentence. See that when I was researching this software, um, one of the beefs was that that kind of thing happened, and sometimes the guests would have a hard time hearing each other. And essentially the answer was, yeah, we know about that problem. We're sorry that you can't hear each other, but we assure you when it playback, when it comes back playback, you'll hear everybody's audio okay, which I don't know if that makes the problem better or worse, but sometimes we just have to say, what'd you say, I guess. Um, but we'll figure it out and we'll try to iron the, these, these issues out. But um, so far, so good. I mean, you look good on my end. It seems like it's sturdy. Um, 
and and you guys were able to to click in pretty easily. And by the way, I didn't mention early. I did send a link to the third member, sometimes member of our or fourth member uh, of our broadcast team. Billy is a given, uh, but he's a ice hockey coach on his kids team on Thursday nights. So he may join in the next 10 or 15 minutes or he may not. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but anyhow, shoot dog. Yeah. If, if I, if I bust out on you, just give me a sign or, you know, literally say I didn't hear what you said. Yeah. And then, and then I'll go, I'll go back at it. Um, but I did hear that that might be a problem, but then also it irons itself out in post, so to speak. Um, so where did that leave us? So are we done on college football? Did you have anything else to? Uh, yeah, I was just gassing up Penix. I don't really have anything else for college football that's jumping off the page at me. Day is in Duke this this week. I think um, is it USC that goes to Duke? No, USC I, is is Colorado. He's going to Colorado, of course. But um, college game day for sure. I think is going to Duke. Stat boy, who does Duke play? this week in college football. And I think the reason I know this is because I, I remember them saying it'll be college game day's first visit to Duke for football. Um, it looks like... Goodness gracious. I got to switch my browsing thing because I'm not... Who does Duke play this week in college football? I'm looking it up right now. Um, Nothing but the best for us on this sports podcast. Where, Eddie, do you know where Duke is located? Oops. It's right down. It's right down the road from Raleigh. Durham North, you know, you know, Durham, North Carolina. Okay. Why can I not find anything? Boys. Woo! So you're saying college game day is going to Duke? So Duke is obviously playing maybe North Carolina. Is that why they're going? Or they're playing... Someone in the ACC, clearly. Oh, Notre Dame. They're playing Notre Dame. Yes, Notre Dame. Finally got it as well. But I I, I can confirm it's Notre Dame as well. So Notre Dame travels to Duke, and college game days Saturday morning will be there in Durham, North Carolina. That was a painful segment, boys. Let's move on to the NFL. Go ahead, oh, hang on, I, got I, think, I got I think I got it better. <laughs> Love this shit. Stat uh, boy, I stepped on your toes with my NFL primetime music. What were you going to say? No, nothing, nothing. I was just complaining to myself. We're good. Episode and show that and podcast that you crank out when you just put in hours and hours of preparation all week, and it clearly shows how prepared we are. 
and how much fun we're having. And I just want to say I appreciate you guys all watching and and you know, you know, all of our hard work off by watching our videos and listening to our podcast. So thank you very very much. Let's move to the NFL, Shoop Dog. How about them Cowboys? Unbelievable. It was almost like a bad omen. Diggs gets hurt, and then I guess they only had one starting lineman or something like that, and they end up losing in Arizona. And it was just kind of like, never mind, same old Cowboys. Ben is what it was from start to finish. Um, I did have enough balls to get down on that in real life. I had a couple of bucks on the money line on the Cardinals. I sat at the casino with Billy this weekend, and I said, you know, I'm, I, I have a feel. I, of course, I really love the Jets to beat Belichick uh, at home as well. That didn't happen. We'll get to that in worse bets. But I also had the feeling of the Cardinals just upsetting the Cowboys, and I got down on it in real life and had a nice little number come back. So, it was fun to watch it as an Eagles fan. It was fun to watch it as a sports gambler. And, um, you know, it doesn't make the season. They're going to be fine. I think they're one of the three or four best teams in the NFC still, despite the loss. Uh, Micah Parsons is a bad man. Um, but, man, it's just so much fun to watch the Cowboys lose. <laughs> and, and, and you were just saying not too long ago, a week ago to be exact, there was three 2-0 teams in the uh, NFC East. There's no longer any N-O teams except for the Birds. How about in the AFC East? Is there a team in the East that's undefeated still? Uh, yeah, the Miami Dolphins. They, uh, they found a little bit of offense against the uh, Orange Crush Denver Broncos. In that game, didn't they? 70 points in a football game. I've never seen it in my life that I can recall. It's the first time since the 40s or 50s or something. Fantasy-wise, Raheem Mostart put up 47 or 8 points as a running back. And he was second on his team in running back points because the rookie... Now, I'm not going to – if you were watching um, – if you watched the Pat McAfee show, they they had Schefter on, and they had a big discussion over how Devon's last name is pronounced. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to go with A-Chain. He's a rookie, Devon A-Chain. He scored more points fantasy-wise than Mostart. He had 51 freaking fantasy points. I mean, just wow. what is happening in Denver? I know those Denver fans are – proud of their football team they are very knowledgeable sports fans out there they are very loyal they love their broncos i can't imagine what's going on out in denver i mean I, russell wilson's not the guy i'm sorry ever since he's got there it's just looked piss poor despite who is calling the plays it's just not working and uh, i don't know I guess I guess the grass is not always greener, and clearly Pete Carroll. We discussed this when he made the call to go with Geno and let Russ go. He saw the writing on the wall. Us, I I I've hesitated to make this call. I thought Russell was one of like 
all-time quarterbacks, like maybe top 15 of all time. Um, I remember watching him with the Seahawks, and I always used to make the argument it was it's third and 14, Russ will pick up 15 somehow, or he'll scramble for 14 and a half. And I, I was a believer in him, and I definitely knew some Seahawks fans that even through the Super Bowl years, and shortly after the Super Bowl years would would be down on Russ, and I would just think, "What are you nuts? Give give me give us Russell Wilson. He's an amazing quarterback." But clearly, if you're going to look at those dominant teams in 2012, 2013, parts of 2014, you gotta, you know, that weight distribution has to lean more on the side of the Legion of Boom now than it does on the offense and Russell Wilson. I can't believe how far, far he's fallen. I actually – He just I don't, doesn't even look like the same guy playing. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And, you know, it's essentially what's happening now is what he was criticized for in college and why he fell so far to the Seahawks was his size and not being able to see over linemen and, and, and properly read routes and stuff. He overcame it for so many years. He just forgot that that was even an issue coming out of college. But it seems like, you know, that's true. I, I don't. I can't explain it either. I don't necessarily love the guy, but I don't like seeing him struggle so bad. I don't necessarily mind the Broncos getting their ass kicked seventy to twenty. But for what to me was a a once great NFL quarterback to, to be still in the tail end of his prime of his career. It's it's kind of rough rough to watch for me, but um, interesting seventy to zero. Let's talk about your squad. Yeah, another big win by the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, second in prime time, um, second game in a row in prime time where they won. Uh, they they beat um, who did they beat last week? It was uh, Cleveland. They beat Cleveland Sunday night, and they came back and beat the Raiders on Monday night. And their defense, again, was all over the place. Garoppolo, three picks. Um, Najee got the ball a little bit. Pickett found a guy wide open for another big strike. But, I don't know, similar similar wins. The Cleveland win and the Oakland win, similar where it's definitely front-loaded on the defensive side. But... I pick it again, passing the eye test, and I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of hope and excitement in Pittsburgh. This could be an exciting team. I agree. I can't wait to see how it plan, you know, pans out. Love Mike Tomlin. Um, enjoyed watching that game too because I also had a little real change on the money line on the Steelers. Um, how about our Eagles? So. It was a Thursday night game this week, so it seems like forever ago. But I'm sorry, it was a Monday night game. I'm getting everything confused. It was, you know, why I'm confused because there were two frigging games on Monday night, which I hated. But really, yeah, you don't like that. No, first of all, there, my game's kicking off in the third quarter, or I don't remember, maybe towards the end of the first half. And they got a double box going on the kickoff on the friggin' Rams game. Even though the game is on a different channel. 
Like, yeah, that, I, I think it was a third down, like a really important play. And oh, it's like standing up. Ned, you remember? I'm standing up watching. Oh, yeah. And and they and they're double boxing me, and I'm it's freaking screaming at the television. I don't care about the Rams. If I want to watch the Rams, I'll click over to the Rams game. <laughs> but um, quickly, you know, maybe I, I feel like not deep diving into the Eagles game, and maybe that's my bad because you know all I do is listen to Philadelphia radio, and so that's what I've been doing for two days now. Um, but they. The Eagles look dominant, too, but I don't know if you watched the game or not. Uh, their defense seems staunch as ever again. The young kids are playing great. Um, Jalen Hurts is getting criticized again. Uh, maybe he was sick. Um, maybe he wasn't. Who cares? I, I think he – he, he I, I, I'm really frustrated with the, the criticism of this team in general at 3-0 and – his play specifically at three and zero, and I know I said this last week, so I sound like a broken record. They're three and zero. Start pitching at me when they start when they start losing games. And he did what he needed to do. He made a couple of good passes at AJ Brown dropped, um, but I think more than anything, what stands out for me this game was the defensive line and run stopping, and then offensive line as well with running. And last I checked. You got to run the football and stop the run and get to the quarterback to win Super Bowls. And that's exactly what the Eagles have shown they can do for a couple of weeks here. What do you got, you? Yeah, I like this stat line, the Eagles rushing stat line. It's just DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, and Jalen Hurts. Total of 40 carries for 201 yards. And then you look up top on the passing, Jalen was 23 of 37 for 271 yards. So pretty balanced there. But A.J. Brown, 14 targets. I love that he throws the yeah. ball to the right guy. Well, and there was beef, right? There was some sort of sideline beef uh, two games ago, which was the Thursday night game. And it seems like it's all squashed now. And, of course, Jalen went his way. And he should go his way. He should be our horse out there. Um, but, you know, if anything, the Eagles have a problem too many mouths to feed, right, with with the running back room that they have and then the receiving core with Devontae Smith on one side and A.J. Brown on the other and Dallas got her in the middle. And, um, but the Chiefs seem to make it work. I don't know. I feel like that's almost a new blueprint. Like have so many guys, like the defense doesn't know who the hell to stop. Yeah, it's a great point, and they did well with it. And, yeah, it seems like they are following the, uh, the same blueprint. So I, I, I don't know. I, I could talk for 25 more minutes about the Eagles. But, and I know this is sort of quasi-Philly-Seattle sports podcast, but um, I don't know. I feel like I've beat it to death already. But let's. I, what I really like is that everybody's talking about, you know, the first couple of weeks they're talking about the Cowboys. And now the last couple of weeks they're talking about the Dolphins. And I just love my squad floating under the radar. And, you know, just keep winning ball games, and we'll see what happens. So – uh, I don't know, should, do we have any big stories that we've missed from the NFL or should we move on? Um, a lot of noise about the Jets and what they're going to do with Zach Wilson. And yeah, Joe we should Namath talk about that for a second. Again. I, I, I think Joe Namath needs to pipe down. It's like, come on, dude, you're 84. You guaranteed the victory a long, long time ago. Like, we get it. We get it. You're the guy, but, like, I mean, the Jets are in a shitty deal. Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Zach Wilson's their guy. 
What are you going to do? Do do Okay, so obviously you don't agree with Namath speaking out and saying he's seen enough of uh of Matt what's his name? Zach Wilson. Um, Zach Wilson. So it's clear that you you disagree with him putting that out there, but do you agree with his sentiment? Should they ride with him or I mean what they're one and two, right? It's a young NFL season. Clearly, with Rodgers, they had deep run aspirations. Oh, yeah. Okay? Absolutely. So, it's one and two now. If you're going to make a change at quarterback, shouldn't it be at one and two and not at three and nine where the season's over? Or, or, or are you saying, I believe in the kid, give him some time. I mean, he was what was he, the fourth overall pick at some point or third overall pick? Yeah, he was a high draft pick. Yeah. And I think he's just – he's probably playing scared, man. Like, they brought in – huh? It's a tough spot for him. You know, all offseason was all about Rodgers and the Jets, and now literally three snaps in, it's now about the Jets and Zach Wilson. But they brought in in Trevor Simeon today. You mean to tell me – Trevor Simeon's going to help you out? Well, if nothing else, maybe he's a veteran voice in his in this kid's ear. But you wouldn't think he would need that with Rodgers being there, but I don't – I mean, they who are they going to get? Last year. They're going to get Carson Wentz? <laughs> it doesn't matter who they bring in at this point. Nobody – I don't think there's anybody out there right now they can bring in now and be as good as Zach Wilson within another three or four weeks. So, I sadly, you put – Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I just think the Jets, they make their bed, they laid in it. They put all their money on Rodgers. The poor guy got hurt. That's it. That's a wrap. Hope that he gets better and can come back next year. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. You're sort of not quite verbalizing, but I'm getting – there's nobody, you know, Joe Namath might have seen enough of Zach Wilson, but quarterback, good, capable NFL winning quarterbacks aren't just floating around out there. You can't just, oh, we're done with Zach Wilson. Let's grab the next guy and plug him in. Like right now, Zach Wilson gives them the best chance to win. It might not be a great chance to win every week, but that's, this is, this is football. This is what happened. 1992 when Cunningham got hurt. Jim McMahon, Bobby Brister was our – I mean, I, I don't exactly remember. But, like, it's just the way it is. It's a sport. I don't know what they can do know, either. The, the name I heard today that just about made my head explode was Colin Kaepernick. Like, dude, nothing against Colin Kaepernick and anything that he stands for and so on and so forth. But it is an absolute wrap for that dude. You cannot bring Colin Kaepernick. Like, are you kidding me? He hasn't played in like four seasons. That's just ridiculous. I agree. I don't know what they're going to do. I'd rather have Tom Brady come back than fucking Colin Kaepernick. Well, guess what? I've heard that rumor too. There were people saying that Brady's going to come out. I'm I'm done talking about the Jets. Let's move on. 
All right. Well, the Eagles have an exciting divisional matchup coming up this week against the four, uh, I mean, the Commanders. Skins. Uh, and they got their asses smoked by the yeah, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Bills, the Bills told them what was up. Now, I will say that the Skins have a formidable front four. And so I don't think this is an absolute walkover for the Eagles. But, dude, have you seen the holes that Swift's been running through? Yeah, you and I could get 10 yards out of those. Telling Ned that the other night, on Monday night, I'm like, Ned, look at these holes that he's running through. So, you know, it's for me, it's a classic trenches matchup between the offensive line of the Eagles against the pretty staunch defensive line of the Skins, uh, Commanders. And, you know, we'll see. I think clearly our strength will be, you know, without a doubt, it will be on the defensive side. And getting to that young kid who Billy loves, who who did throw four picks against the Buffalo Bills. I, I think that uh, trend continues because we're going to just kind of so much pressure in his face. But they were bad picks, too. They were awful interceptions. Awful, and I was awful. thinking, I was thinking, damn, Howell looks pretty good. But he looked he looked like a rookie to earth last last week for sure. So um, should we wrap up NFL and move on to Damian Lillard quick, or you got something else? Uh, th- did we touch on the Seahawks at all? I mean, I'm kind of impressed with them so far at two and one. They look like they're going to be pretty competitive. Thank you for bringing them up. I I had it in my mind. I did not have it in my notes, so it went right past me. Yeah, there's they're a sneaky two and one right now. They are, you know, sort of like they got that week one you know, almost preseason game out of the way against a team. Let's be honest. The Rams are a lot staunchier than, than people thought they were going to be. So that's not quite as bad as a week one loss as you might have first thought. And then they backed it up with a really good win uh, on the road in Detroit. And then last week they handled their business at home. Yeah. I'm against probably a pretty hapless Carolina team, but still, well, they're home again, the or excuse me, they're not home again. They're on the road uh, Monday night at the Giants. So, again, yeah. traveling across the country and playing a little bit later body clock, I think I, I think that I think it's, you know, I don't respect the Giants as much as Billy does. So I think it's a I think that's an actually an interesting game. And I'm going to have to look at that nice and hard on Sunday morning when I'm putting my bets in for the week. You got anything else? Right. I love you bring it up. Well, I, my last, my last talking point on the NFL is the two and one Chiefs going into the one and two Jets Sunday night game. This might be a trap game for the Chiefs. No, they're they're at the Jets. They have the next. I I because oh. I always thought that a trap game meant, meant that you're looking past the team you're playing on the field and you're looking at the next week's game. No? I think it can mean that. I also think it can just mean that, you know, a team with a good record plays a team with a bad record thinking they're going to get an easy dub. Yeah, okay. Lightly, it also works. I, I understand. Um, yeah. But looking into week five, Kansas City is here, actually, oh. in Minnesota. So no, your and point Minnesota's remains. Minnesota's zero and three. <laughs> so the Chiefs, you know, have a little bit of a 
opportunity, let's say, to get right and um, you know get their record up. I I don't see the Chiefs having any problems whatsoever against the Jets, particularly. And uh, you know they probably roll into Minneapolis and and ho- hopefully Kirk has a win by then. But um, you know this is the NFL, man. This is why every week there's good product on the television. There's good storylines that go with it every week. But yeah, I think the Chiefs get right both weeks, and they don't have any problems whatsoever with the New York Football Jets or the Vikings for that for that or fact. the Vikings. How about Dame, how about Dame Lillard? We had a, practically a whole episode on him when he signed his deal with Portland um, with your boy Justin Myers from Sports Radio in Portland, and we were all lamenting or congratulating Dame on you know the ability to stick with a kind of a shitty team uh, for the loyalty, and wow, have things changed since then, huh? Yeah, I don't know where it started to break down because I thought he was just kind of happy there saying it is what it is. I'm going to ride it out and I'm going to hope that the front office sends me help. But somewhere along the lines, that changed. Next I heard, I went out of Portland. Yeah, and it was Miami, 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 and then Milwaukee, which, I mean, Milwaukee is a similar market to Portland. They just have some dudes over there with Middleton and Giannis. Well, and I think ultimately, you know, that's yeah. He it, it probably he probably wanted the Miami lifestyle, and then when he figured out he couldn't have that, he said, "Well, what about the X's and O's of basketball? Where can I go to give me a really good chance of winning?" And you know, obviously, in Milwaukee were buyers, and they did what they had to do. So we'll see if uh, some pieces, some shrapnel comes off of that trade yet in the coming days. And if anything falls into the Philadelphia Sixers lap, um, I'm looking at you, Drew Holiday, and we'll see if they can't land, um, you know, something. Hell to, of a player. Yeah, right. Um, so not too much about the NBA, although it is starting up soon. But that should be our flop for the segment for the episode. And we should move on to our next segment, which is the turn bet, turn card. And it is our worst bets. Shoot, we didn't do too well last week. Um, my two separate bets were both losers, although McCaffrey was awfully close to getting two. He had one pretty early, and then he had a, a pass that he's typically really sure hand that he caught it on like the one yard line and fell into the end zone, but he did not. Hang on a second. My audio bust. I hear you, buddy. I, yeah, I can still hear you. Sorry, my audio busted out of my ear. It keeps doing my my AirPods. Oh. Anyway, um, if he holds on to the ball, he didn't comp- kind of complete the catch, but he holds on to the ball, I win that game. But, you know, I digress. I lost both. Shoop, you won the first leg of your 14 parlay and then lost the other three. And uh, so you were done on Saturday. You won on Thursday night, and but then you were done on Saturday. So nice bet on Thursday night. Um, and then uh, AK put in a bet. Actually, I have to apologize to AK. He's a avid listener of the pod. Now he'll be watching. Um, but we had forgotten about his 
uh, last week. So he actually put a bet in when it was the Eagles Tampa that he hit on. And so I had him up there, but then he doubled his bet. He had a hundred pod units this week on a, on a team uh, on, on the, um, Oh no, it was, he, he, he hit on the um, good gracious. Who did we play week two? The Eagles played week two. They played um, Minnesota. I'm sorry. He hit on that game. And he lost on the Tampa Bay game. So I have the leaderboard here in front of me. Right now, Iza is in the lead at 40 pod units. Pet Shop is second, but I'm all the way down at negative 50 pod units. Jones comes in after that, negative 52. AK, negative 55. Stat Boy, negative 67. But none of us are as bad as yours truly Shoopster dog minus two fifty on the year. <laughs> That's nothing. <laughs> I I am I am gonna go I am gonna take some time away from the four legged parlays though. Idea Shoop. Do you wanna start us I, off? I have one bet this week. I'm I'm admittedly I'm chasing units here. Um but I don't know if you want me to give it to you right off the bat or did you wanna throw some out there? No, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm going one. I, when I see it, I like it, and I'm laying it. I'm going. Let's see. I don't want to be too crazy. I want to be above. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 300 units on the Tigers. The Tigers. The Lions to cover tomorrow night in Green Bay. 300 units on the Detroit Lions to cover minus the points. Yeah. They're favored one and a half. I got them winning that by far more than that. It's for a game that's essentially a pick 'em game. That's a coin flip. Good on you, Shoop. I love it. Yeah. I'm just going to go heavy on the units on a heavy favorite. I'm almost playing an eliminator bet this week. Yeah, Have you played the eliminator where you, where you pick one team each week and they just need to win out, but then you can't pick that team anymore? I'm yeah. I'm going with the Niners. Um, I'm putting 250 units on the money line, so I won't win much. Probably somewhere in the realm of 50 or 60 units, but I need to get back into the positive. So 250 pod units money line. Uh, 49ers are playing the intra-divisional Arizona Cardinals, coming off a big win against the Cowgirls. So I, I'm all in. Money line, Niners at home. Statboy, you got anything? Yeah, so I, I've just kind of been briefly looking over it recently, and I uh, haven't found too much, but I and I need to kind of stay calm and not chase money like you guys do. So I'm just going to kind of go with a simple bet here and go with Patrick Mahomes over 2.5 passing touchdowns. Is it minus money or plus? It's plus money, plus 135. And 20 bucks. 20 units. Are you sure you're. So it's Mahomes, two or more passing touchdowns, and it's plus money? Yep, that's why I picked it. <laughs> Clarify that before we put it into the pod unit thing. I don't. It's that, not that I don't trust it, dude, but. Sometimes, no, understood. Sometimes understood. those apps can get a little funky, um, but if you're seeing it say passing touchdown specifically, I mean that's three touchdowns. That's 
That's not a that's that's a risky bet. It's not over two point five. It's two plus, right? I thought, uh, I thought that no, over, it's over. It? Yeah, it's over th- basically three touchdowns is what I'm. He's gonna throw over three touchdowns is what I'm betting. Argue with you guys, but I'm an experienced gambler, especially on the app. If it says two plus, then you would win your bet at two. If, and it doesn't say two plus. Does it say over it says, two and a half? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Then if it says over two and a half, then it, you're right. Then it's three or more. Okay, so that's plus money. I like that too. So how many units? 20 units. And what was the payout, uh, Stat Boy? Plus 135. I think that's also different than what you told me first. No, that mm. he's right. That was it. <laughs> Go back and watch the tape. <laughs> he wants – no. Eddie, Eddie, he wants 20 units on Mahomes to have over two and a half TD passes, and that's a plus 135 bet. So he'll win, what, 30 bucks? Yeah, yeah 36 roughly, I think. I'll have to double check. Bad boys. But I've got it down on here. Everything's cool. We'll check it. We'll verify it. And thus ends our worst bet segment, which really was probably our worst, worst bet segment of all time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, it's the video. It just adds a whole different component. It's like I'm not as free or something like that because I'm like, oh, shit, you can see me. Feeling it as well, Shoop, and we'll we'll have to wait and see if we like this or not, or maybe, maybe I need to prepare even more. Um, but we'll figure, we'll likewise, figure this out. Likewise. Yeah. So quickly, before we move away from the gambling aspect of sports, I wanted to quickly give you, and I'm going to institute a new segment every week, and it's called the top five and worst five profitable teams in the NFL. And so I wanted to kind of throw it to you, quasi-trivia shoot. It's not exactly going to be our trivia for this week, but I have it in front of me. Remember my – my little formula, I put a, I place a virtual $100 bet on every team, money line, and against the spread every week. And I calculate those numbers out to see who's the most profitable and least profitable team. Let's start with the least profitable. Can you guess? I've got five teams here that have you're losing horrible bits of money if you're betting $100 on each game, you know, money line. Obviously, the Vikings. The Vikings are there. Fourth. Or, and essentially, they're tied for for third because they are minus 500. And so what, what that means is I quickly just wanted to kind of use an example. So when I select the Vikings, so they are um, 0-2. They're 0-2-1 against the spread. So that's that's your one saving grace. They 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 pushed one game, and obviously the money line they've lost all three games. So they're minus five hundred. You got another team? Uh, Denver Broncos. They're worse. That minus six hundred. So there's two teams that are minus six hundred. There are two teams that are minus five hundred. Who just they just got to push, and then one team minus four fifty five. So let me just give it to you. Good job. You got them out. So the Bears 
and the Broncos lost their 0-3 against the spread and obviously 0-3 money line. Panthers and Vikings tied for minus 500 units. And the G-Men, which gives me great joy to bring to you, minus 455 units on the year. Let's switch to the most profitable. And once again, I put it in your court. Who you got for the most profitable teams? Uh, well, last week it was Tampa. I got to say they're still up there. Because you lost 200 units this week. They, they lost the money line and they lost against the, they did not cover. So they're no longer in the top five. Okay. Um, let's say Seattle Seahawks. Five most profitable team is my beloved Philadelphia Eagles at over $315. Number two, I'm sorry, the number four profitable, Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Bay Packers coming in at number three. And then these two make a whole lot of sense. Number two, the 3 0 Miami Dolphins. They've, if, you've, if you've bet 100 units on them both ways, money line and against the spread every game, you're up $524 or units. And the most profitable NFL team to bet on thus far this year, and let's be honest, it has to do with their huge home dog win this week, the Arizona Cardinals. They are at wow, really? 547-plus pod units. Can you believe that? So they, what, what, what was the number for them to beat Dallas then? Right here in front of me, they were – Plus four seventy five to oh, beat shit. Dallas. Okay. So wow. Yeah. So right there is four hundred seventy five. Yeah, that does it right there. To, um, you know, you would have you would have been down money the first two weeks with Arizona, so you would have had to have stay strong and keep firing those one hundred unit bets on them, but it would have paid off finally. And so that so now they are um, they're one and two outright. So a grand profit of 275 on the outright, and they're three and zero against the spread. So two plus 272 and change um, against the spread. So it's a good score, and that's the kind of stuff I look at throughout the year. I like to see, you know, who's doing well against the spread, who's doing over over and unders more often, and stuff like that. So um, anyway, I can't get enough of that stat stuff. All right, I haven't. I haven't laid any actual action down. Um, I've been on Underdogs app doing these props, and I haven't won all year. I'm down. <laughs> my actual betting life resembles my nuts units betting life right now. Are tough. You know, that's why they're so good. That's why the odds look so enticing. They're very often in the plus four, plus five, plus six hundred. And, but it, there's a reason, you know, because you got to – so keep it, keep at it. Responsibly keep at it, Shoop Dog. Of course. Uh, trivia answer and new trivia. So this is uh, certainly an area this week where I kind of – 
That was clean. You know what I did this week? Uh, very similar to week one. I just wanted to kind of throw some some trivia at you. Uh, you know, from the, for the week, for the current week, up to date NFL statistics. Cool. Okay. So this is a this is a bit of a not a trick question, so to speak, but there's a reason I'm asking you this. Who is at least tied with the most passing touchdowns through three weeks? No, in fact, take away the tie. This person has the most passing touchdowns through three weeks. Tua Tongabailoa. Question there. Incorrect. Uh, my next guest would be Jalen Hurts. Brown, look out your window. Maybe you'll see him walking past you. Kirk Cousins, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> yep, he's got nine touchdowns. So I thought you might like that. And then here's another one where I'm kind of giving you a bit of a homer. How about longest pass completed on the season? Jefferson? Cousins and Jefferson? Hard pass. Say that again. I, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. He picked it. 72 yard. I think it was to Pickens. Oh, right. Last week. Yeah. Against the against the uh, the Browns. That's the longest TD of the season so far? Longest pass. Just generally longest pass. I think it was a touchdown as well, but it was a, just the, the stat is just longest pass. That kind of surprises me. That's, I mean, those are long. That's a big play, but we see that a lot. Oh, right. So eventually, that that will be bested, I believe. But this is why these these are the things that popped out to me. Is why I'm asking because I think they are interesting questions. How about this one? Who has shoot the most all-purpose yards? Now, remember. Raheem Mostert. B. John Robinson. Ask. He said it's a Homer one? Um, for me or for you? Um. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Help me out. I'm drowning. JJ, 458 all-purpose yards. Justin Jefferson. So what is he getting? Uh, is he getting like uh, handoffs and stuff? I didn't know he had rushing yards. All-purpose just means rushing plus receiving plus returning plus everything. So you don't have to necessarily have those other things. You hear me okay? Now I am. I, I at the beginning and some of your sentences, I don't hear you. Uh, let's wrap up the trivia because I'm struggling because with the video. We'll see how the video comes out. Um, Major League Baseball playoff shoot. They're happening. Yeah. Like they're, they're literally starting before our next episode. I'm a Are little embarrassed. Really? Eight, eight games left? No, this weekend. It's it. Really? 
So I was just looking at the wild card. Congrats to the Phillies. You guys clinched. Me bringing it up. And so I'm just looking at the, the rest of the Major League Baseball. Friday, the Friday the 29th. Is that the last day of the season? It is. Well, um, oh shit, my computer froze. Anyways, well, here we are. The wild cards are still very much up for grabs in both the AL and the NL, with the exception of the top teams that have clinched. Uh, it's going to be an exciting last week. Thanks for saving that. Uh, Phillies are in. Mariners have fallen out. They had a big win last night, but they're in trouble. They need to put something together and get their ass in postseason because we want to see that happen. Um, I feel like our audio and shit is starting to kind of dink out on us. I'm having a hard time hearing you sometimes and seeing you. So maybe we're, maybe we're getting close to the max, uh, the max time here. So let's, why don't we wrap up here? We'll show down. Um, did you have any suck outs or anything for this week? No, I would like to get a World Series prediction from you, though. We touched on the playoffs, the end of the season, wrapping up. What do you think, if you had to call it? Big predictions when my squad's in it, my heart's in it. I think the Phillies find another magical run in them. I love the top of their rotation. I think even though Nola has struggled pretty much all year, I have a feeling in my gut that he's going to get it right for the postseason. Everybody notches it up a bit in the postseason. Every pitch is a rally. I can't wait to start watching playoff games. I feel like the Phillies are set up where if they can, especially if they can win that first wild card series in two games, they can rest some guys and get that top of the line, top of the rotation going for the second uh, series and probably against the Braves. We kind of own the Braves mentally. They're bashing the ball. I'm going to go... I'm going to go rematch of 1983. It's kind of chalk on the AL, but Phillies, Orioles in the World Series. Let's go, baby. Nice. Nice. And I'm going to and I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go Dodgers and Texas Rangers. Homers. <laughs> yeah. All right, real quick suck out I did have this week and I think I have to wrap it up here within 3 minutes. I think 90 minutes is our max and we're getting really close. So I'm sick of people arguing politics and getting nasty. All right. So we're not going to, we're not going to argue politics on this pod ever. But my point is if you're having a discussion with somebody, especially a loved one, and it's about politics, have the fucking maturity and grown upness to see the person's point of view Realize they're probably not going to change because you make a point to them and just chill out and love them, accept their differences. And, you know, I'm sick of people like ghosting family members and stuff because of different political views. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I know what you're saying, man. There's many other things to talk about. Uh, one thing that's funny about that, though, we are we are politically divided right now, but I get a kick out of when people say, this country's never been more divided. I'm like, well, motherfucker, we did have a civil war. <laughs> a 
few other times when it's been more divided than now. <laughs> These are the good old days, Pet Shop Eddie. It's all good. That wraps up our first video recording podcast. We'll see how this goes. Maybe it hits the air. Maybe it doesn't. We're going to figure this out. We're going to dial this in. We keep adding more stuff to do, but we're having fun. Shoop Dog, I thank you. Stat Boy, I thank you. Can I count on you guys for next week? Of course. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. We'll see how this goes. Play us out, Shoop Dog. Yeah.